Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monmouth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and every week during the academic year, I sit down with a member of the Monmouth College community to talk to them about their interests, what they do, and things they've done. In this ninth edition of Monmouth College Conversations for the 2022-2023 school year, I visit with Robin Johnson, a Monmouth College graduate, Monmouth College instructor of political science, and one of the individuals people turn to when they want to better understand the evolving political landscape of the Midwest. If you search the phrase Robin Johnson in Midwest politics on the internet, you will see Robin's name turn up in a number of national stories about politics in the Midwest, Politico, Washington Monthly, and other national publications. That's because Robin is one of the individuals who has his ear very close to the ground of what's happening out in the Midwest. A graduate of Monmouth College, Robin is a veteran of political campaigns dating back to the mid-1970s. For more than two decades, he's taught classes on politics at his alma mater, and his students consistently mention his classes as some of their favorite at the college because of the creative way that Robin blends the textbook with real life. For nearly a decade, Robin has hosted a very popular radio show and podcast that's called Heartland Politics with Robin Johnson. The show was anchored at public radio station WVIK-FM, which is based in Rock Island, Illinois, and it's the flagship national public radio station for the Quad Cities region of eastern Iowa and northwest Illinois. If you listen to Heartland Politics with Robin Johnson, which I highly recommend, you'll find a great mix of guests from politics, journalism, and popular culture. You can also follow Robin on Twitter. I highly recommend that. He can be found at Politics WVIK. I recently caught up with Robin on campus in the college's Einstein's Brothers Bagels. That's the coffee shop in the Hughes Library. That's where also I turned the tables on Robin and interviewed him. Our conversation covered a wide range of topics, but I started it off by asking Robin how he became interested in politics and working in political campaigns. Because I got involved about 50 years ago after the Watergate break-in. I was in high school and I took an interest in the Watergate hearings over those two consecutive summers. I come from a political family. My dad was uh, a union official. And uh, so that really stoked my interest in it. And I wound up getting involved in a campaign uh, on a volunteer basis in 1974. And I've been involved ever since. What was that first campaign in 1974? It was a congressional race right here. I was helping a Democrat run against Tom Railsback, who actually was on the uh, House Judiciary Committee that voted to impeach Nixon. What did you enjoy about it back then? that when you first got involved with your first campaign and you knew that this is something you wanted to do for a while? Well, there's an excitement to it that's indescribable for those that have been through it. Um, it it's, you, you're working together with a team, you're building towards a goal, and then there's finality to it. You either win or lose. And uh, I've had some really tough losses over the years, but they all taught me something, and I've had some really great victories over the years. But you got to like meeting people you got to like meeting different types of people, and especially in this day and age, you've got to be pretty uh, flexible in how you handle meeting people. 
In terms of the types of campaigns that you've worked in over the years, talk about those, uh, federal, state, local elections. Yeah, I've worked uh, presidential races right on down to uh, local county board and city council races. I ran for the city council in Monmouth myself in um, 1997, uh, got firsthand experience at it. Um, I, more recently, I've helped as an advisor to Congressman Bustos. Uh, I've helped Senate races. Uh, I really developed a niche in working with local races, though, um, nonpartisan races. After I served on the city council, I kind of saw how uh, a lot of these challenges local governments face aren't Republican or Democrat. There's not Republican or Democrat potholes, for example. So I've helped elect mayors in cities like Quincy, Peoria, Rockford, up in the Quad Cities. And those have been a lot of fun because you have direct influence on the candidate and um, uh, and get to experiment and do a lot of things. I've done my own polling, my own TV ads for candidates, mail. So that's been particularly uh, satisfying. Is it true what they say, all politics is local? It used to be. Uh, not anymore. And I think our country's suffering for that. All politics has become nationalized, and uh, uh, it, it seems like all of the uh, arguments and polarization occurring at the national levels filtering down to the local level. And I think it's been to the detriment of our politics and our country. You know, that's interesting. I remember in 1988, a reporter in Kentucky telling me that he had interviewed a woman in rural Kentucky about the general election that year for president between Democrat Michael Dukakis, Republican George Bush. And she was a lifelong Democrat who told him she was voting for George Bush because she was upset with what had happened to the Boston Harbor under Michael Dukakis's governorship. And this reporter said that was the first time he heard sort of a nationalization of politics in that way. And it's really just taken off since then. Well, it's, it's um, you know, that, that involves issues at the national level. But, I mean, what I'm referring to is where, uh, for example, in some of the work I did with Congresswoman Bustos, there were uh, Democrats from rural Missouri run, uh, sharing that county board races, uh, the Republicans were putting Nancy Pelosi's picture on uh, negative uh, mailers for county board races. I mean, and now you've got uh, the, the election deniers, all, uh, all these types of issues, abortion, manifesting themselves here at the local level, which really, uh, as somebody who served on a city council, they don't belong and have any relation at all. What do you think people would be most surprised of to learn from talking to you about your experience working in campaigns in terms of the people you've worked with, the people you've met? For the most part, uh, all the people I've met on both sides of the aisle are, are good people. It's easy to be intimidated. I remember the first time I was by uh, Alan Dixon, a U.S. senator from Illinois, and, and I was nervous. I had to drive him. And here he was laughing, uh, sitting back, telling jokes. Um, and really, um, he was. I think he was conscious that I was nervous, and he made me feel comfortable. Uh, people like Sherry Bustos, uh, Darren LaHood, who's the Congress, Republican congressman from Peoria. Great guy. I always... I guess I've been lucky in a sense that I've helped people that are the types you'd want to sit down and have a cup of coffee or a beer with and talk about normal things in life. And so I think most of the candidates, most of our officials are that way. They're good people. We disagree heatedly on some things, but I think most of them are very good people. I guess what's kind of interesting is everyone thought social media would bring people closer together, closer to politicians. And if anything, it seems like it's kind of driven a wedge and maybe removed people a little bit from their constituents. 
it's I, I, it's a strong opinion, but I feel it's a cancer on our politics. It's ruining our politics. Uh, people are uh, going to social media as their first sources of news, and a lot of times those aren't correct. And we're getting in our silos of uh, seeking out news sources that agree with us. It's not good, and and it's not. Uh, Nobody's nobody's forcing me to make an advertisement for Monmouth College, but that's why liberal arts schools are so important right now. When I graduated here in 1980, it exposed me to other viewpoints, uh, and I got comfortable looking at that. I still, to this day, read a variety of newspapers from the Wall Street Journal to the New York Times to look at both sides, hear both sides out. And uh, uh, social media is just not designed to do that, uh, and and it really is, is a contributing factor to the polarization and downfall of our politics. You mentioned being a student at Monmouth College, a graduate of Monmouth College. You're also a professor at Monmouth College. You've been teaching here since 2000. How, how did that start? Um, there was an effort going on at that time, as I recall, to bring in people in the community with, with experience to teach. And I remember Iris Smolensky, who was the chair of the department, reaching out. I also got to know uh, former President Giese, for my time on the city council and he was very supportive of that effort as well and they just I've been very lucky because my department chairs uh, from Ira to Farhad have been very good and Mike Nelson now it's just hey uh, design the course Uh, if I have questions uh, they're there to answer them but nobody's told me what books to use nobody's told me what methods to use Uh, and so it's been great and I've really been able to uh, put these courses together based on my experience. Uh, we use textbooks, but we also I have use of the experiences I've had in politics that I share with students. One of the reasons I think your classes are so popular, at least I hear from students, is because you bring in so many people from the real world of politics and the media to talk to students. Yeah, you know, it's great. That's another thing about meeting uh, a lot of elected officials in the process. If, if you mention, um, hey, would you come in and talk to my students? I'll bet 95, 99% are willing to do so. Uh, I've had gov- I had Governor Branstead way back, uh, on, uh, Congresswoman Bustos. I've had a lot of people that have agreed to come in and speak either in person or, or uh, uh, Skype and Zoom have been just godsends for the teaching process because I liked for my students to be exposed to these people uh, one-on-one in the classroom. And it's worked out great. It's, it, it is a, a, something that I really enjoy doing, and I think it is beneficial for the students to be exposed to these folks one-on-one. And again, to see that they're very approachable. They're just like we are. They put their pants on one leg at a time. And do you get some optimism or reasons to be encouraged from your interactions with the college students here at Monmouth College? Absolutely. Um, we've been very lucky. We've had a great pipeline of students that have gone on and worked in campaigns on both sides of the aisle. We had a, a Zoom program a couple of years ago where we had graduates uh, involved in every phase of that of that tumultuous 2020 election, from the Iowa caucuses right to the Georgia primary runoffs. So I'm proud of that. We've got some great graduates, and um, I do feel hopeful. I think this generation um, is focused on uh, communicating more and trying to reach out and understand others, which is just critical. And that's what the college environment here promotes, and I think kids are ta- walking away from here with that ability. I've had students in my class, uh, I've had Trump supporters and Bernie supporters kind of warily approach each other on the first day, but we had good conversations. They respected each other's viewpoints, and uh, I think that's something that's 
uh, a, a really good uh, aspect of this college. This is Monmouth College Conversations, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. I'm talking to Monmouth graduate, Monmouth political science instructor, and political consultant Robin Johnson. Robin has been involved with the political campaigns for nearly 50 years, and he's been teaching Monmouth students about politics and political campaigns for more than two decades. Before we get back to my conversation with Robin and the college's Einstein's Brothers Bagels, a reminder that the Monmouth Department of Theater's next production will be the prize-winning play Proof. Proof, which won both a Pulitzer Prize and a Tony Award for Best Play, will be performed November 18th through the 20th on campus in the Wells Theater. You can learn more about it or order tickets if you point in your browser to monmouthcollege.edu slash theater. Now let's get back to my conversation with Monmouth graduate, political science instructor, and political consultant Robin Johnson. In addition to teaching about politics and working in politics, Robin also talks about politics every week on the radio show and podcast Heartland Politics with Robin Johnson. The show is anchored at public radio station WVIK-FM. That's where it airs every Saturday morning. It's also aired on a number of other public radio stations in Midwest, and you can listen to it as well as a podcast. I asked Robin how the podcast and radio show got started. Well, it was another example of just uh, using some of the network of contacts I have. I was in Chicago at a conference I go to every year, and uh, a friend of mine, Rick Pearson, who uh, is a political reporter for the Chicago Tribune, had just started a radio show on WGN um, on Sunday mornings. And we went out for a drink, and I was asking about it. He said, you know, you could do this, and I had never thought about it. So on the train back, who's on the train uh, coming back uh, after the conference but uh, the man who owns radio stations in Galesburg and Burlington. And I mentioned it to him and just offhand, almost joking, and he said, you'd be good at it. Let's try it. So uh, there again, just like teaching, I go in without much experience but had some good people to work with, and we started in 2004. It was originally called Talking Politics. We changed it after a couple of years uh, to um, Heartland Politics. But it was in 14, right ahead of the 16 presidential election, and I was able to get, uh, I think, 14 of the 17 Republican candidates on. I got both Hillary and Bernie and O'Malley. So it was really good. It was a great chance to, again, interact with uh, uh, presidential candidates and uh, uh, stayed through. I went, uh, the, the program shut down during the pandemic, and at that point I was picked up by public radio in the Quad Cities, WVIK, and I've been there. Uh, since September of 2020, and that's been a really good fit as well. One of the things I really like about your show is the not just the diversity of individuals you have, but topics as well. You talk not only to politicians, but journalists, authors. Uh, it's a very well-rounded show. I guess it maybe reflects your liberal arts education in a lot of ways. Absolutely. That's a great point. I mean, my favorite interviews aren't with politicians. They're with authors of books in particular, um, I remember I had the author of a biography of John Wayne on. Why? Well, he's from Iowa, but also a lot of his films were very political. And we got into his views of politics. And I kind of keep a Midwest focus, but I stretch that to some degree sometimes uh, because I like to look at the culture 
too, because culture really weighs heavily on politics. So there again, the station owners give me a wide berth, and I, I appreciate that. I'm in the middle of doing political interviews right now, but I've also got some book authors lined up right afterwards on some some um, some important books that have been written recently. And I, re- I actually read the books, and I think that really helps. It takes time, but it helps provide for a good interview. You mentioned the Midwest, and that's one of your areas of expertise. You're, you appear quite a bit in the national media when journalists want to understand or make sense of what's happening in the politics in the, in the Midwest. Uh, what is happening in the Midwest these days politically? We're seeing a, a fundamental shift, a realignment uh, perhaps in the party's coalitions that's changing the politics mm-hmm. of the Midwest. Uh, you're seeing more and more voters without college degrees, traditionally one of the uh, bedrocks of the New Deal coalition shift over to the Republicans, led by Trump. Uh, Trump had a major impact on this. Um, a lot of these factory towns like Galesburg, Burlington, over in Iowa, um, have been shifting slowly but surely over uh, to the Republicans. Why? I think it's partly economic issues, but it's partly cultural issues. And the Midwest is um, really the, the key region as far as electing presidents, at least this century. And it's why Trump, it helped get Donald Trump elected in 2016, and it was a major role in Biden defeating Trump in 2020. And I think that's going to continue at least through this decade. Uh, so we'll see. It's, it's, um, Biden was successful in getting some of those voters back. The bottom line is there's a lot more people without degrees than with college degrees. And uh, if the Democrats can't do a better job of getting some of them back, they're going to continue to face challenges winning Senate elections, winning electoral college, uh, winning governor's races in, in the Midwest. We're less than two weeks out now from the midterm elections. It seems like it's been a, a pendulum. It swung in favor, the momentum did, of the Republicans and then the Democrats swinging back maybe a little bit to the Republicans. Uh, what's Robin Johnson's crystal ball say? It's, it's really tough because uh, I was just reading this morning, there's fewer polls. And that's justifiable because the polls have been off. They're not measuring these voters that we were just talking about. Those without college degrees, Trump supporters are very distrusting of the media. Uh, I made a lot of calls over the weekend to a lot of the uh, Democratic state legislators I communicated with doing some research with Congresswoman Bustos a couple years ago. And they're pretty pessimistic. Uh, For the first time, I'm hearing uh, the word of a Republican wave. Uh, coming this fall. And uh, on the ground, um, there's concern about a lot of people that I haven't seen nationally, like the governor of Michigan, for example. Some folks I talked to in Michigan are very concerned about her losing, which I hadn't seen that before. Um, so I think it's got the possibility. I think, I think the Republicans will definitely pick up the House of Representatives. Uh, if I had to guess right now, they very well could pick up the Senate by uh, a 51-49 margin, although it's pretty close. Um, and I'm, I'm looking for the Republicans to pick up some governor's, uh, governor's races as well and some state legislative races. You mentioned you got interested in politics because of Watergate, and that was a pretty contentious time in American politics. People were bitterly divided, it seemed like. We're going through another period now. What of that, what gives you hope? What gives you optimism? What gives me hope is, the, is the, the, the wisdom of the founders in putting together our system of government with the separation of powers and the three branches of government. They're being tested right now, and we'll see if it holds. It held last time. 
Uh, we'll see if it holds this time. It's really a, a, an uncertain time, but I can tell you in reading, I'm reading Garrett Graff's book on Watergate, which is really an excellent book because it, it's the first one to really bring everything together uh, on what happened in Watergate, but also all the books written afterwards. It's kind of piecing all these memoirs together. And it's easy to forget, but that was a very tumultuous time, too. We had riots in the streets. Uh, we had crime in the, in the big cities like we have now. Um, so we've been here before, uh, and our institutions held, the center held. The problem is now, again, with social media and the polarization we face, I think, again, the center is going to be called upon to hold, backed by our institutions in our country. I think it will, but I'm less confident than I have been in the past. That's Monmouth graduate, political science instructor, and political consultant Robin Johnson. Make sure to check out his radio show and podcast. It's called Heartland Politics with Robin Johnson. The show's home is at WVIK-FM, and that's where it airs every Saturday morning. It also airs on several other public radio stations in the Midwest, and of course, you can listen to it as well as a podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also, be sure to follow Robin on Twitter. He's at PoliticsWVIK. And that's a wrap on this ninth episode of Monmouth College Conversations. You can tell us what you think about this program or add to the conversation by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put conversation in the subject line. Until our next conversation, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody. Have a nice day and stay healthy.